Hi, everyone. This is Drew. Uh, just wanted to give a heads up here at the beginning of the episode. Uh, this is our first episode, so the audio quality and the editing is a little rough. It's not bad. It's just it could be better. Um, it will get better in the future once I become more accustomed to my editing program and we all get better mics. It's a little weird with the uh, virus thing going on. So just stick with us and hopefully you can enjoy the episode just fine. Um, thank you for listening. about shit i'm sarah i'm rory and i'm drew and actually i'm pretty sure this is a tiger king fan cast (laughs) okay (laughs) yep welcome to the tiger king fan cast a show that uh two of us have not watched (laughs) i think this is the best way to do a fan cast is one of us has watched it the other two have not. And then you two have to guess what has happened in the show. That would be a fun segment. Me give you um, two, like, three, uh, two truths and a lie. And you have to guess. <laughs> Plot twist. They're all truths. I was just going to say, like, just from all of the buck wild stuff that I've heard about Tiger King, like... I don't know how you could make something like they would just all be buck wild and one of them would happen to be untrue. <laughs> exactly. The Tiger King is the one pillar that's trying desperately to hold this society together. We are all <laughs> just on Joe Exotic's very small shoulders. <laughs> uh, I, hey, you're forgetting about Animal Crossing. It's Tiger King and Animal oh. Crossing that are holding this country together right now. Animal Crossing is the good, good one, and um, Tiger King is the is like the tr- the car crash you can't look away from. I mean, <laughs> it like, is a very good documentary. It's like but... the Waffle Good versus Chaotic uh, Evil. It's like IHOP versus Waffle House. Oh <laughs> my god, that's a good comparison. You go to Animal Crossing and it's like IHOP at like three a.m. Uh, all warm and getting yourself some pancakes. Tiger King is definitely Waffle House at 3 a.m. Where there's, like, a hailstorm going on. A hailstorm and a tornado and hurricane all simultaneously happening while the person is giving you shifty eyes from booth number three. (laughs) The thing that's the most buck wild about Tiger King is that they released a bonus episode because people loved it so much. All these people who were in the documentary are now celebrities in their own right. And the thing that's like most that. like ironic about it is like in the in the show, Joe is trying desperately to like achieve like fame because he wants to be a celebrity and he wants to like um 
have notoriety and have fans and stuff. He like works hard to like no no he doesn't work hard. That's not the thing I'm meant to say. But he's trying. He really wants people to like to be fans of his. And now he's kind of gotten that in a weird sort of way. But now he's locked in the cage. In the show, the tigers were in the cage, but now it's Joe in the cage. <laughs> the cage oh, is federal prison. And he can't even enjoy the fans he has because he's in the cage. Just everything about that is so wild to me. And everybody um, who's on the show was like, yeah, Joe ain't gonna make it out of prison. Let me tell you. <laughs> in that accent. No, Joe ain't gonna make it. He, he won't survive in there. He's like they're not. He's not gonna make it twenty years. <laughs> they're gonna get him. Is that what he got? Twenty years. It was like twenty-two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess he did hire a hitman. I guess the, you know. It was also like he he hired a hitman, and then he also had like several charges of like animal abuse and stuff, and killing oh, exotic yeah. animals and things that are big no-nos. But his real crime was his mullet. His real crime was the music videos he made, where he, he made music videos. Yes, he has country music videos about the tigers. Oh, oh no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to feel about that. This is the same feeling that I got when I found out that Macho Man Randy Savage made rap music. <laughs> he does. Well, he did before he died, but yeah. <laughs> you don't know. He still might be cranking up those those spicy um, jams uh, from the Great Beyond. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's an intro, right? <laughs> yep, that's all of that. That was just the intro, folks. <laughs> but you gotta you gotta watch Tiger King, guys. You gotta watch Tiger King, and you also gotta watch Cats. Let me tell you about this great, just garbage God. film that was just a masterpiece delivered upon us in the before the dark the before ages. Time. Of, the before, yeah, the dark before ages. the dark ages. Did you know that they? Well, I mean, allegedly, I didn't fact check this, so take it with a grain of salt. But I can see it being true. They had hire people in the CGI department to like. Remove the buttholes that they put on the cats. What? <laughs> because they originally, the original models thought, hmm, let's put buttholes on these cats. That's horrible. <laughs> I don't and so like it was that. someone's job to go in and remove <laughs> the buttholes from the cats. That's my dream job, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do. They're just like this ain't Neko Atsume. You gotta you gotta remove those buttholes. <laughs> you gotta remove them. And it's like and the thing that's like crazy about cats is it had just like the greatest cast. And it had like a good director and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, this is has the potential to be something. And then they deliver you the film and you're like, ooh, this is this is what I wanted, but it's not what I asked for. <laughs> I feel so, like I feel like that would be like going to like like a restaurant with like Michelin stars, and there's some guest chef who also has Michelin stars, and you're his like, his name is All Michelin, right. is the one who's <laughs> cooking for you. Yes, <laughs> and you're like, oh man, I'm gonna get some food, 
like good food here and you order like from my chef Michelin star. <laughs> but like you order like whatever the fan favorite is off the menu and then they bring it out to you and it's just like a pile of garbage, like literal garbage. They're just like took some shit from the trash can out in the alleyway and put it on a plate and served it to you. They bring you Linguini's head. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just it. (laughs) And Remy from like Ratatouille is just like sitting there going, haha, this is going to be the new scene. Instead of eating the Ratatouille at the end, you eat the Linguini's head and you have a different vision of the past. That's what he was doing the entire movie. He wasn't trying to control him. He was trying to yank off his head by his hair. (laughs) I hate that. (laughs) Speaking of Disney, have you guys seen the new Disney movie Onward? I know. I watched a trailer for it last night, actually, because... We, I watched Frozen 2 for the first time. Oh, I was, love Frozen 2. Was it gay? I heard it was uh, gay. No. Oh. Um, I, I can see where people would get the gay, and I, and I approve of the gay ship, um, but there was no on-screen gay. Yeah, honestly, I, I, you know, that's expected from Disney. Yeah, um, like, and especially with them as a movie as big as Frozen, they would never. They yeah, don't have like the if you balls. if you if you want to consider like Elsa a lesbian icon, that is awesome. Go for it. So I, I guess in that sense, there was some on-screen gay, but like, <laughs> it, it just wasn't. It just wasn't. It was still really good. It was a really good movie. Um, I- I think the music as a whole was stronger in this movie than it was in the previous movie. Oh, dude, I, that, that one song that Elsa had in the se- in the second one, I don't know what it's called, but when I heard it, I was like, man, this is powerful. Is it Into the Unknown? Yes. It's the or one is it where Show she, Yourself? It's Show Yourself. That's the okay. one where she's like all alone in the ice castle or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one, man. When I heard like the breakdown, like near the end of the song, I was, I was blown away. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. It's, it was very good. I think that as a whole, Frozen Two was stronger than the first film, but I don't think that it was like as commercially um, successful as the first film. Yeah. So what I I I was talking with my family about it over breakfast this morning. Um, and my take on it is that in a lot of ways, it was better than the first one. I don't think that the plot was as solid for the second one. I can um, see that. Because, like, I definitely think all of the animation was excellent. I thought the songs were excellent. All of the acting was excellent. Um, I think all of the characterization was really, really good. I thought people's relationships in this movie were really, really well done. They felt really real and believable to me, but I thought the plot was just a little bit flimsy. Like, oh, Elsa was hearing a voice all of a sudden, and then she did some magic, and then suddenly everything's in danger, and 
now they have to go save the world. Like, it, it worked out, and I didn't mind it. Like, I didn't think it was horrible, but I just thought, like, I was like, how did how did it get to this point? The fact that there was no setup from the first one, that I yeah. can see that. But I also think that, like, a big part of that comes from, like, I don't think anybody knew that the first Frozen film was going to become what the first Frozen film was. Yeah, that's fair. I and, uh, still one thing that I thought movie. was just—you haven't seen the first one. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen either one. Oh dang! I I, I definitely think better. both of them are worth watching. They are definitely not as good as like the hype, um, but they're worth watching. I really liked that it was just like kind of like their take on what like true love was. I really appreciated that. Yes, I, I, something, I thought it was something new and it brought something new to a very tired formula. And but one thing I really liked in the in the sequel was um that they kind of gave Anna a little bit more of her own characterization. Yes. You know? I like, mean in the first film we get a lot of Anna, but it's I I think the first film is more focused on Elsa. And the second film, you get a little bit like uh, when Anna sings, like "Do the next right thing." Mm-hmm. Oh, I just wept. <laughs> it was really good. I was like, "This is," and like the fact that um, I just really, I really enjoyed it. I also love how they give Kristoff a, a proper like '90s boy band song. I absolutely loved that. That was so fun, and like it was. Like, out of all of the songs in the movie, that was, like, one of the few that felt really kind of poppy and, like, not a song from a musical or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was... I, I really liked the whole, like, romantic subplot, which sounds kind of weird to say, but because a lot of romantic subplots are generally uh, garbage. Garbage. Yes, um, but I thought this was really good because, like, I think it's towards the end of the movie where he, like, rescues her from, like, being stomped on by the Earth Giants, and um, he's just like, I'm here, what do you need? And then a little bit later, he she, she's, like, apologized for just going off and leaving him on his own, and she's, like, she was just, like, trying to do her own thing, and he's just, like, it's okay. My love isn't fragile. And like, I love that. I love that so much because that is also something that has not been a thing in a lot of Disney movies that have romance in them. Exactly. Because usually a lot of times like in the Disney like romance, it's like the same formula, which is why I think Frozen was really good because it was like Something that they were like, I've said like so many times, but um, <laughs> in the first Frozen film, it really turned a lot of those um, stereotypes on its head, and it set up kind of like this is how the love story happens when you had like Anna and Hans and all that, and then it was like pretty much everything you expected from a Disney film. It did the the exact opposite. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. This is unrelated. 
Um, but I couldn't remember uh, Adina Menzel's name. Um, and when I was trying to <laughs> figure it out in my brain, it went to Idris Elba. Um, <laughs> he is in Cats. We've come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought you were going to say, like, Adele Dazim or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, they, they share the first two letters of their name, so that was enough for me, apparently. <laughs> you yourself. I, I, I had to look it up. I was like, Elsa voice. Oh, right. <laughs> that nice. one girl that was in Rent and Wicked and all those things. <laughs> You know, the voice of Maureen, Idris Elba. <laughs> I would love speaking like adjacent topic to that, but if Elsa was like a, a prince instead of a princess, I think that story would it would like be really um powerful in a different way. Because the whole thing about show yourself and like be more open and kind of like the whole like being more in tune with your emotions. I think that if Elsa was like a prince, then it would have been kind of like a a cool um, stance on like masculinity and, and things like that. Yeah. Mostly I say this because I've watched the like the cover of Let It Go if Elsa was a man. And I was like, huh. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is not related to anything at all but i just have something small that i want to bring up because it makes me happy um so about like the beginning of march i decided that i was going to order a stitch fix um and i said it i set the delivery date for like april 6th and at that point like nothing was wrong yet uh, um and oh, so then like debatable. so then like when i when i had to like move back in with my parents basically uh i just set the delivery address to be here so it got here two days ago finally uh which is fine because they were like hey we had to close down some of our warehouses for safety reasons uh so it might be a little bit later and i was like that's fine like i ordered this so long ago um, but I had been looking for like a faux leather jacket because I really wanted one and all of the ones that I had found online were just not quite what I was looking for. And so I just kind of put like what I wanted and the kind of style that I wanted in the little box where you can type stuff in and like leave a little message for the stylist. And, um, I opened it and the, there's always like a little note from your stylist and she was like, hey, so I couldn't find a full leather jacket, but I did find a denim moto jacket. Uh, and oh, hell yeah. I love it. It's like kind of a dark orange. Um, and from further away, it kind of looks like a leather jacket, but I'm, I'm going to send a picture to the Discord chat because I love it a lot and I'm very excited about it. I've always wanted to uh, do Stitch Fix, but ooh, oh, I really like that. 
Yeah, so I'm very excited. It's also like a little bit stretchy, which is nice because the other thing that I put in there is that I have kind of broad shoulders and so I always have to size up my jackets. Um, so first of all, the jacket is like a size larger, but it's also kind of a stretchy denim, which is really, really nice. And I know that like, because this is in pod, like this podcast is an audio form, like nobody's going to be able to see what I'm talking about. Um, so if we do have listeners who are actually listening to this, um, I don't know. I probably am not going to post this picture online, but maybe I will post a picture of me wearing this jacket in the future. <laughs> For our tens of millions of listeners, we'll we'll post it on the on the gram. On the, on gram. the gram. I mean, gram. to be fair, I like this jacket, so I probably at some point will post a picture of on Instagram where I happen to be wearing the jacket. That's a nice jacket. Thank you. I'm very excited. It was a little more on the expensive side, but like I can afford it. So I'm going to get it. <laughs> Cause like with stitch fix, the stuff that you don't like, you can send back and then you just pay for what you keep, which is nice. Um, not spawn. Yeah. Hashtag uh, not spawn. Not spawn. <laughs> stitch fix sponsor us. <laughs> I was about to say not sponsored, but we can be wink wink. <laughs> wink. But, but, um, you definitely should see Onward, the two of you. Okay. okay. I, sorry, I watched the, the ADHD I watched... popping off. Same. <laughs> um, it's like D&D the movie. Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like from the trailer. Um, I can't believe we went on an entire Frozen tangent just because you mentioned Onward and then I was like, oh yeah, I saw a trailer. Because I was watching Frozen. <laughs> hey. Yeah, man, we haven't even gotten to the p- podcast. <laughs> We've just been talking. This is, now, this is now the podcast. I'm fine this with is, that. We this is now hey. rant time where we just ramble. Ramble time. It is ramble time. Hey, everyone that is not listening, uh, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, but that's fine. Yep. <laughs> Nobody ever does. We... We're born, we die. No one knows anything about the middle parts. <laughs> yeah, accurate. Right. Very true. <laughs> but it's it's really good. And y'all sh- I think you would enjoy it. It the entire movie, I didn't know that Chris Pratt and um oh I went uh, went blank on his name. Idris Holland. Tom Holland, that's his name. I can only think of Tom Felton, and I was like, it's not Draco Malfoy. (laughs) (laughs) But the entire time, I didn't know that it was them until I got to the ending, and I was like, hey, that's surprising. Hey. (laughs) Credits. It's one I'm really sad that, like, I didn't get to see, like, in theaters. But I mean, there's more important things going on right now that I understand why, but it had really good visuals and seeing it on big screen, I think would have been really cool. Yeah, it sounds like it. All right. So because I do actually have an article, it's a pretty short article, but I figured I could, I don't know, read some segments and then we could discuss it. Sure. All right. For those people who may be listening, 
whenever we sat down to think of a podcast, we mostly wanted to get one so we could talk about kind of like things that are on our mind and things that are kind of like happening currently and kind of offer our two cents on the matter. And it wasn't originally going to be a, a Disney rant hour, but <laughs> sometimes Disney comes to the brain and sometimes it's, it's it might be other less enjoyable things come to the brain, like what we're dealing right now, like what's tw- trending on uh, Tumblr, Tumblr and Twitter. But we also want to discuss articles. So with this be- being said, Sarah, continue. All right, cool. Um, so this was, I think this was actually a, just a screenshot that was sent to me by a classmate in our just like class group me. Um, but this is from, what's today, the 18th? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So this was three days ago uh, from CNN. And the article is universities begin considering the possibility of canceling in-person classes until 2021. And the the screenshot was just sent to me with, let me pull it up. Um, we were all just basically like, um, the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was sent. And my classmate said, I will lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody else said, can't do it. Nope. And... Honestly, same because I am struggling. <laughs> yeah. And also, aren't you? Because you're a psychology, like you're yeah. working on your psychology masters. Yep. So that's kind of hard to do whenever you're not with people. I'd imagine. Yeah. So with the classes that I'm currently taking, it's a little bit difficult, and we all had a pretty severe learning curve I would say for how to put everything online um we're kind of adapting everybody's just kind of figuring shit out and is like hey I think we should do this instead so that it'll work better a little bit which is fair but like um I was supposed to start my practicum in the summer and a couple of my classmates had their practicum already like this semester and so uh what the practicum is is that like um we have a psychology clinic on campus and like people can call the clinic and be like hey can i have therapy and we would basically give them like super cheap therapy uh and they would like acknowledge that we're not actually licensed and this is like part of like this is for grade basically but we're like we would basically start giving people therapy in the clinic on campus and so we can't do that and our program coordinator emailed us like when this was all first happening he was like hey people who were gonna start prac in the summer you have to start in the fall now and we were like that makes sense because we would not have any clients if we started in the summer um but if we can't start in the fall either, like that is a that is essential for like this degree. So and they did say that they were setting up stuff for teletherapy, but even so, like that's gonna be that's gonna be rough. Yeah. That's been something that because I'm going to grad school in the fall. It has been a little bit of a, a challenge uh, to think about 
because I don't really want to take another gap year. I, because for those of you who may be listening, I graduated from undergrad um, in 2019, May 2019, and then I took a gap year and um, was planning to go to grad school come the fall. And the thing tricky about my grad school is I'm a, a performance <laughs> master's, <laughs> which is uh, kind of difficult to do whenever people aren't allowed to, you know, watch you perform because you're not allowed to gather. Yeah. So I've been kind of struggling because I don't want to take more time off because I feel like the longer I'm out of school, the harder it's going to be to go back. Not that there aren't people out there that can do it, but I know that for me, I would... I would struggle. And so, but I just don't think that you would get as good of like an education online as you would get like in person. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm getting a, a, a proper education. In college is so there's, expensive. There's yeah. just not, at least for me, I don't have the motivation to actually like read all the lectures listen to all all the lectures do all the reading that i need to do because first of all my mind is elsewhere you know there's a lot there's much more important things that i'm worried about but there's also a lot of distance to it you know if you're not physically going into class and talking to the professor like zoom or, or you know just these these voice chat telecommunicating meetings they just don't cut it there's too much distance there and it's very easy to just kind of push it all to the side um Mm -hmm. even you know sarah and i are lucky um because we're both getting our masters in uh counseling so we have the option for teletherapy but that's not the same either yeah that's, that's a completely different feel than in person so even if we manage to get through like that there's no guarantee that we would be able to transfer the same skills to in-person therapy. It's just, it doesn't work, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, even though teletherapy was definitely a thing that existed before this, obviously, like, it's just, it's like, it's not the same. It's a different feel. And there's a lot that you can do in person that you really just can't over like Skype or Zoom or whatever medium. Because another thing you have to think about is with, like, or I'm I'm not a psychology person. I mean, <laughs> this is a disclaimer. I mean, I've already mentioned performance performance major, but uh, one thing I'd imagine would be a problem was like with your clients, you wouldn't necessarily know like where they're talking yeah. to you from. So mm-hmm. like if they're because whenever you're in like the the office you can really get down to some nitty-gritty like heart to heart like tell me like like the depths of your soul and like get to that point eventually with enough time but with teletherapy it's like if the that person's living at home and say if they don't have a supportive household or if they don't have like you're not going to be able to get to that same thing because they it's not going to be as like controlled or as safe of a space Teletherapy is weird in that it can go different ways. So because there's that distance there, the client might be willing to open up more just because they're not Mm -hmm. thinking about it. 
but at the same time, because there's distance, they may not open up as much because they don't have the physical connection of being in the same room at, you know, at a specified location with that person. It's also harder to judge uh, nonverbals that way because you're looking through a computer screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And if that person has just like busted Wi-Fi, then you're not going to. Yeah. The technical issues, uh, definitely. Uh, Some of my classmates have had just all of the technical issues uh, the past couple of weeks in relation to our, uh, our counseling sessions. It's, it's, you know, it's rough. Yeah. Um, it, 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 on my end, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a broke ass college graduate. Um, I have a real cheap dining room, dining room. I have a real cheap card table that I use to eat on sometimes. And Man, <laughs> when I'm doing session, I am constantly shaking that table on accident. <laughs> so whenever I look back at the video, it's just the screen is constantly shaking every time I move at all. Which is just, <laughs> that's not a problem you have to deal with in person. Is your counselor picking up a table and shaking it in the middle of the session <laughs> while they're talking? I think that to that's you. what everyone needs in therapy is for the counselor just to shake the table. Just, just you're talking to your counselor and you're really bearing your soul, and you look up and your counselor is holding a card table right in front of you, <laughs> staring at you in the face and just shaking it. <laughs> I think that that would be how you really get through to some people. (laughs) What do you want from me, man? Why do you keep shaking the table? (laughs) It's like, I don't think you're opening up. I'm going to shake this card table at you. (laughs) Something's really going on. You're like, no, please, not the table. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't just, worry, guys. In case you were wondering, I, I just hit my step goal. So oh. we're, we're all there. <laughs> I have not. I, I haven't had my... Because um, I have a, I got an Apple Watch. And I haven't been wearing it recently. Because even though they are waterproof, it's I don't trust that. And... Fair. <laughs> And I can't wash my hands as much with the watch on because, like, well, I mean, I wash them, but I feel like I wash them better without the watch on because then I'm not worried about, like, oh, am I going to ruin this with water? That's fair. I I know that, like, my Fitbit is at least water resistant and it's like, yeah, water splashing is fine. And, like, um, I have, what is it, the... I forget what it's called. I forget what this model is called. Um, but it's actually less water resistant than my the one that I had before. And like I swam with that one. Like I swam laps in a pool and it was fine. So I figure like a little water splashing from me washing my hands is fine. That's good. Anyway. Was there any more to that article or just Um I mean I think all I actually read was the title but that's basically all it was that's fair that's the main point 
Yeah, it's it's kind of talking about Boston University specifically that they've canceled all in-person summer activities and they're thinking about canceling all in-person classes until January of 2021. Here's the thing. I don't think that that's necessarily um I don't think that's something we'd necessarily have to do, but based on what's been going on the past couple of days, um and everyone <sighs> you know, trying to rush the economy reopening and in reopening all these public places, it's very possible that it might be prolonged that long or even longer uh, because we're not giving the country the proper time to flatten the curve, you know? Yeah. And like, just on that subject, while we're talking about this, um, I, I feel like, first of all, I th- I sent this to the, to our like main group chat last night. But, like, the the thing that I sent about the analogy where it's, like, the curve is flattening so we can start lifting restrictions now is, like, saying the parachute has slowed our rate of descent so we can take it off now. Like, it's so fucking bonkers to me that, like, they're like, oh, we're kind of flattening out the curve a little bit. So everything's fine. We can reopen. It's, it's, everything's good. What was it? It was like last week, right? That was our deadliest week. It was either last week or two weeks ago. It's like we we have just gotten over the peak. So why are we trying to say that we're all in the clear? We're very much not. We've gotten over the worst of it, but we need to continue what we're doing in order to flatten it, flatten it, flatten it. If we try to rush it and force it open, it's just going to get bad again. And the thing that, like, I brought up earlier is because a lot of people talk about, like, oh, it's only 1-2% to of people that will die. It's only 1-2%. to But the thing about it is, whenever you talk in um, statistics and you talk in percentages, it makes it a lot easier um, to deal with than actually talking about the real numbers that are involved with something of that scale like and you can fact check me on this because like i said i only figured this out at like midnight whenever i was (laughs) in just a angry haze but if one to two percent of americans died in this it would be around 3.3 million people would die 3.3 million would be more casualties than every other American casualty every single war America has been involved in since the revolution till till now. It'd be 3.3 million would be more than those casualties, which is buck wild to me. That is absolutely insane. And like people talk about one like to two percent, and I'm I'm thinking like name one to two people. That you be willing to let die for this yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, not, people, not even people, but one or two friends or family members that you would be willing to let die because of this thing. Yeah. And like, statistics are helpful for some things in some cases. Like, for example, if you're doing research and you need to apply your findings to a population. But like, when you're talking about, like, the whole population of like a country or the world or whatever that like 
statistics are absolutely useless. Like one to 2% of the population is so many people, but it sounds like so little, but like if you just talk about one to 2% of the population that like it's meaningless. Statistics can be impersonal for some things, but when we're talking about casualties and when we're really discussing people's lives and livelihoods and health, statistics can't afford to be impersonal. You have to put the faces and the value of human life to the statistic. You can't just run around saying one to two percent of people will die from this. That's not bad. It's like, no, we're talking about actual human life here. Like any, it's significant for anyone to die. I, I get w- where people come from saying like, oh, it's a low number, so like it's not as b- nearly as bad as it could be. But when we're talking globally or even just a country, one to two percent—that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people, and the and the thing about it is, I also know that there's a lot of people that are hurting this like economically and things because it's bad. It's bad out there. Over 22 like million people filed for unemployment, which is like crazy. And, yeah. And like I know that they probably want to get back to work because they need to put food in their children's mouths. They need to be able to like pay pay their house a mortgage so they don't lose their home and all this stuff. But at the same time, like, as a country, we need to have something to take care of. Like, people shouldn't have to risk their lives just to do their job and to to survive. Yeah. And again, forcing the country is only going to prolong it. Exactly. I Listen, I don't want to talk shit on america but i will gladly talk shit on america there's some (laughs) dumbass idiots in this country who from the beginning have not been taking precautions seriously have not been taking you know health concerns seriously and as soon as we give those people leeway to fuck it up for everyone they're going to fuck it up for people and we're going to end up right back where we were it's kind of like the thing is crazy because there's people who I don't think that they have gotten it this entire time because there's still a lot of people out there that think that oh this is just the flu but people are blowing it out of proportion. It's, some people don't believe in it, like like a virus is something that you can just not believe in. Like that that's not what that is, you know. Like if yeah. you if you want to think it's something else, fine. You can you can do that. It's stupid, and and you're hurting people by doing that. But fine, you can believe it's the flu if you want. But to just say, oh no, I don't believe it. I don't believe in it. That's not. It's not something you can believe in or not. It's real, and it's affecting people. And by saying, oh, I don't believe in it, it's just it offensive to everyone that's suffering with it right now. Yeah. Speaking of beliefs. Have you guys watched fucking Kenneth Copeland's thing about driving out the coronavirus? God, don't even get no. me started on that guy. You want to talk about someone who's ignorant? He's so he's an older gentleman, and yes. 
a lot of his audience are people within the risk range for the coronavirus. And he's straight up telling them, like, go out, you know, do what you want to without fear. Do not worry. It's like you are actively endangering people's lives because these are the people that are most at risk, you know, besides uh, people that are immunocompromised. And he's just straight up telling them, like, hey, don't worry, don't fear it. God will protect you. Just go out and do whatever. At one point, I think he said, like, what was it? He was he was saying, like, you can cure someone by by touching them and giving them the power of, of God and, and belief or something like that, which is uh, scary that he's telling people that to touch yeah. other people who are sick. Um, but like the thing, like if if you guys have watched the uh, his video where he's like in a church with his like I don't know henchmen, uh, <laughs> just that's accurate. Just like shouting for I I I don't know. It's like that was so terrifying to me because like. He's up there just like shouting, and like his henchmen are just like, uh, and we're, and he, uh, we're gonna drive out the virus. And he's just like fucking screaming his head off. But like, there are moments where he just breaks and he starts like laughing and grinning. And you can tell that he's just like, he's not serious about, or, I mean, he is, but like, uh, it's just like you can tell that he's really just trying to like convince people to donate money so that he can buy another jet or something like like the grin like the grin that he that like that he gives the camera is so unsettling and you can tell that he's just like eh, I'm going to make so much money off this man i Don't watched like I watched a video from uh, Gus Johnson, who's uh, he's kind of like a reaction channel. Not, I mean, like sort of sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was watching a video of uh, Kenneth Copeland, um, like in a boardroom. I guess it was like some sort of boardroom setting with two of his henchmen. Uh-huh. And man, it was so uncomfortable. Like you could tell how uncomfortable these guys were with him because he would he would go from like preaching the word of god and being like jolly and upbeat to screaming and pointing in their face and, and like yelling at people but directed at them and you could tell that they were on their toes at all times because they never knew what was going to come out of him that's Jeez. terrifying man <laughs> And the thing that's like bothers me the most is because like I consider myself like a Christian. I consider myself fairly faithful, but a lot of these people forget <clears throat> a that the God they believe in gave them a brain to use, <laughs> and it's the thing is like from my opinion. I know that not everyone out there is religious, but it's like in my opinion, in my take on faith. I mean, I don't have my preacher's degree but here's my take on having read the bible that it's like god wants you to think for yourselves use the brain that he gave you and decide kind of like 
hey, is this a good idea? Is this going to make people um, better? If the answer is no, then it's not Christian and it's not a good idea. Yeah. If the answer, I... like, if you ask yourself, will me, me saying this um, bring more joy and goodness into the world and more love into the world? If the answer is no, then don't don't say it. <laughs> uh, and, and just to clarify, um, I'm not trying to hate on religion or Christianity at all. Um, that that is not what I'm doing. I oh, I, could, I I didn't get that, but it was, it was just more of me making a. Well, I was trying to clear for anyone that might listen. I am not trying to be like anti-religion or anything. I am simply yeah, uh, I... try, trying to get on to him because he is. If you want, you know, to believe that that God will help you get through this, like that, that is perfectly fine. That is your belief, and and that is. Oh, I'm not going to take that away from anyone, but to claim that God will protect you from illness and will actively cure people, I think that is endangerment of people, and, and that that is that that's something that you cannot say, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I don't consider myself a religious person either, but there's like. I don't know if it's like a fable or just a story or whatever, but it's one that I really like in terms of like how you believe God is going to help you, which is the, the story is of it the a boat. Man- yes. <laughs> um, the story of the, like a man who ended up trapped in his house or like on the roof of his house after a flood. And he believed that God was going to save him. And so, uh, I forget like how many people came by in their various like water vehicles. Um, but like several people come by in a boat or a raft and they're like, Hey man, do you need help? We can rescue you. We have room. And he's like, no, uh, I believe that God will save me. Uh, go on. And I'm just going to wait here for God to save me. Uh, and Obviously, there's no miracle that happens, and the man dies. And once he gets into heaven, he like he says to God, "Like, hey, I believed that you were gonna save me. Why didn't you save me from this flood? Like, I died." And God says, "Well, I sent all of those people to come rescue you. Why didn't you take any of their their help?" And um, I really think that's a good point. Like, uh, you can't believe that the way god will help you is just by magically protecting you the way god can help you is is through taking you know proper precautions to keep you and the people around you safe and healthy and you know doing things to prevent the spread you know like that's the way it just you know just making smart decisions to keep people healthy and safe so that we can ride this situation out as quickly as possible. That's the way that God is going to help everyone. Not, not just from some magic healing. It, it's going to be through legitimate means. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Adjacent um, conversation to um, religion. I mean, it's still kind of on religion, but did either of you watch, um, Andrea Bocelli's um, Easter thing that he did. 
Yes, I I didn't watch the whole thing, but I think while I was watching it, I opened like your Snapchat story and saw that you were also watching it. I don't know who that is. (laughs) Andrea Bocelli is a he's a classical singer um, who is fairly well known in because most like opera and like classical singers, I would say, are not they never really break the mainstream like consciousness but he's one that's kind of like he's saying with like celine dion and stuff and so he is um one of the people that's more well known and say in the classical music scene he's saying um time to say goodbye is kind of what his like most famous pieces that he's sung but uh, he's also blind um and one thing I thought was really cool was whenever he, because he, he ended the concert, because uh, the concert he sang, I think it was at the Doma in uh, Milan, and he was alone in the cathedral, and he gave like Easter's, um, an Easter concert, and at the end of it, he walks outside to the empty streets and sings in front of the cathedral, Amazing Grace, which I thought was just so, like, it was very poignant seeing like like the empty streets and he was singing it and then it went all around the world and kind of showed you kind of like what new york looks like right now and stuff oh wow and and it was very even for people who aren't religious kind of like the it had a lot of poignancy to it and especially from andrea bocelli with like i was blind but now i see Mm -hmm. because he is like he is blind and it is one of the most moving and impactful things I've ever seen in a performance ever. And, like, for any of you out there listening, if you haven't watched it, 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's on his YouTube channel, and it is really good. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, even as a non-religious person, I, I thought it was really, really powerful. Um it like I, I don't know how long the whole thing was, but I think we just kind of tuned in at the end, uh, my family and I. But it was like the part of it that I actually watched was very, very good. And I can't even imagine like how good his voice sounded live in that cathedral. Because oh, you yeah. know cathedrals have that good, good acoustics. Oh yeah. <laughs> Say what you want about organized religion, but they can make some really good um, acoustic buildings. Yeah, what's that tweet that's like, ideologically, I don't agree with Catholics, but they really went off with their like stained glass windows and cathedrals. <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, same. Yeah. Whenever we were in um, Scotland, we went to an abbey, and they had... One we sang like the benediction there, and it was one of the best like acoustic spaces that I've ever sang in in my life. And I was like, if I could take this room with me everywhere, I would, because I sounded like a thousand times better singing in this room than I would ever sing sound any other time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, we've been going for a while feel like it might be fun before we close to just go through our Twitter <laughs> for you page. 
Oh boy. To see uh, what's trending. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Absolutely. Who wants to go first? Well, I I have mine open, so I can go ahead and start. Okay, go for it. There's a lot of bullshit on here. Um, (laughs) A lot of which I'm not going to read. But there's some interesting things, like if Tony Stark were in charge, (laughs) um, which I I don't... I don't know why that's trending. That's, uh, by Twitter's count, almost 3,500 tweets. Um, I don't know why that's getting recommended to me, because I have not seen most of the Avengers. (laughs) I also have... (laughs) 41,000 people are tweeting about Fuddruckers. What? Why? Please, please elaborate. <laughs> Why is um, Fud Ruckers trending, Drew? You've got to enlighten us. Okay. Whoa. Okay. What? <laughs> the, first, <laughs> the top tweet under Fud Ruckers is from Patton Oswalt, voice of Remy from Ratatouille. So again, full circle. <clears throat> uh, the tweet. <laughs> the tweet says. Anne Frank spent two years hiding in an attic, and we've been home for just over a month with Netflix, food delivery, and video games, and there are people risking viral death by storming state capitol buildings and screaming open Fuddruckers. So, (laughs) I don't know what the hell happened today, but I guess people are really going hard for Fuddruckers. I don't know. I don't think I've ever eaten at a Fuddruckers. Me neither. It is... Okay. <laughs> I was going to say subpar, but that's maybe too critical. Um, it's been a while since I've been, but it was okay. <laughs> um, the <laughs> the white people eatery. What, what the hell is going on? With fu- Anyways, um, also trending is uh, Baskin Robbins. I don't why? know why. Oh, uh, again, with people protesting. People protesting in front of Baskin-Robbins with signs that say, give me liberty or give me death. Um, They're really taking a hard stand there at at the Robbins. Wow. (laughs) And um, the the last thing I want to share uh, from my Twitter is trending with 2,083 tweets. Butthead. People saying uh, that Butthead from Beavis and Butthead would be more competent as a president. Wow. So that's my Twitter. That's a hot take. (laughs) Let me look at my Twitter. I um, I have similar things, but I also have... Charlie Puth forgot to make his bed before his Together at Home performance. What? Oh man, that's that hot gauze right there. Oh, that hot gauze. Like Charlie. Charlie. Mr. Pooth? Mr. Pooth, get it together, man. What are you doing? I'm looking at his unmade bed and it also like his bed is not what I thought that Charlie Pooth's bed would look like. <laughs> because it's like it's like a four-poster um 
and it has like it's like wood and I'm pretty sure that I've seen the same bed frame at my great aunt's house <laughs> man which is not what I expected out of the the great celebrity that is Charlie Puth <laughs> I love the the still picture that they chose for this headline <laughs> <laughs> it's very good um, oh they they Sarah, really I don't I don't know if you're seeing it but I'm going to send it in the discord okay please do cuz I um, I don't <laughs> see what you're seeing and any people listening to this just imagine Charlie Puth in front of grandma's <laughs> Bed. <laughs> Grandma's bed. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Oh my god. Wow. So hmm? nothing. It's fine. <laughs> so y'all wanna know what's on what's on my for you page? Sure. Oh, absolutely. So one of this seems like maybe not the best thing for me, a white person to be talking about, but something that is currently trending in the United States is blacks. Yeah, okay, so that's <laughs> at the top of mine as well. It is, yeah, blacks in quotes. I am, yeah, and I didn't so want to look at it. So I, I went into this feed just to see if I could see what was happening, and somebody was like, Why is blacks trending? and <laughs> Apparently, this was one of the responses. Uh, a teenage girl and her boyfriend made a racist video, and now she's mad that her life is being affected uh, affected because of it. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so I don't actually know what this video is about, but apparently, uh, I assume that this teenage girl is white and said blacks in so, a serious manner. Based uh, on the 30 seconds that I've spent on this feed, this is what I'm gathering. Um... So, the, the, what's been going on in the news uh, recently is they've been talking about how, uh, you know, like, black people and Latinos uh, or Latinx um, people are more likely to die from the virus just because they're not getting the treatment um, yeah. that, that they deserve as human beings. Um, and that doctors are more likely to let them die or let them go untreated. So what I'm gathering from this feed is that some girl made a video um, where she said the phrase blacks are people too. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know if she was trying to like defend what's going on. If it was, if it was something like based on that phrase, it kind of sounds like the whole, Oh, I'm not racist. I have black friends. That's kind of what it sounds like Ooh. to me. Without seeing, a gross. That's without, that's pretty gross. Without seeing the video, I, I you know I I can't make that claim, but that's what I'm gathering. Interesting. I feel like this is maybe not something we need to talk about a whole lot because none of us have seen the video, and all of us are white. Um, Just don't be racist, guys. Don't be racist. This is this is gonna be a can all be summed up with the don't be a racist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they also, uh, I think it's a girl. She also posted um, some Instagram stories <laughs> saying, like, I apologize for that video. Uh, my boyfriend's racist. I normalized his racism. 
Yikes. Uh, oh God, I believe blacks are human too, made in the image of Christ. Mm. Yikes. Ooh. Ooh, I have disappointed God. Don't contact my college. Oh. <laughs> Don't contact my college. Yeah, I can see where your priorities lie. All right. Yikes. Stop sharing my video. It isn't fair. Imagine you're just a stupid teenager. Okay. So. All right. Uh, well. In in other news, the other thing that's trending is R.I.P. the O, which I saw that and I was like, what the fuck is that? But it's the O seems to be a hot dog restaurant, possibly in Pittsburgh. Mm. Um, yeah, and it closed. Yeah, it closed after 60 years. Um, all I can find is that remaining potatoes reportedly being donated to local food banks and ministries. Uh, I assume they went out of business um, because of the virus and quarantine and stuff. Because um, this seems pretty recent. Um, that's sad. A lot of people are sharing like memories of going to the O from various things. Like there's a guy talking about like taking his daughter there um after her high school graduation there are people just like talking about going there like after prom or something uh that's cute yeah and people sharing like pictures of photos or like somebody shared a picture of like two chili dogs and a hot dog and some chicken wings and just like the biggest mountain of fries you've ever seen like hang on a sec i'm gonna I'm going to send this to the Discord because this is this is worth you guys also seeing it. Um while while you're doing that um ah oh, that looks good. I know, right? Oh man. Oh my god. Um there was one more thing that was trending for me earlier that I need to share. Um, it is just the phrase happy birthday James. What? <laughs> And uh, I didn't know what James it was, uh, but apparently it is James Woods' birthday. Oh, happy birthday, James Woods. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is. One thing I want to bring up that was trending on my end was Drudge. And I was like, God, what has the report done now? But looking at through the feed, it looks like they got sold what the drudge report got sold and i don't know but it's unclear i'm getting a bunch of contradictory information from twitter but it looks like they were criticizing the president oh oh how dare they (laughs) How, how dare we have opinions in this country and i'm just sitting here going Oh, because I think because it got. I have to keep looking because if Drudge Report got sold and is now being like, "Hey, <laughs> that would be wild." Yeah. Um. By the way, Sarah, uh, James Woods, um, you would know him as the voice of Hades from Hercules. Oh, okay. Um. Alternatively, he was the voice of Falcon in the movie Stuart Little 2. 
Holy really? shit. Yeah. <laughs> I had nightmares based off of that falcon. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was always afraid that he was going to come eat me. <laughs> Didn't Michael J. Fox voice Stuart Little? Did he? Yes. Oh my god. I believe. I think he did. Hold on. I have to check this right now. Or was it no. Chance from Homeward Bound? No, it wasn't Michael J. Fox. It was Michael J. Fox. What? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Gina Davis was in this movie too. Stuart, this podcast is canceled. Now we're only going to talk about Stuart Little and the fact that Michael J. Fox. <laughs> the Stuart Little fan cast. Welcome. We're beginning the podcast episode right now. Uh, <laughs> all of that was the intro. <laughs> that was all the intro. Now is the only thing that matters. Stuart Little. Two, specifically. <laughs> yeah. It's like the um, the Math Boys and their um, Paul Blart 2. Death cast. Yeah. And we'll, we'll we'll watch Stuart Little every year. <laughs> we'll watch we'll... Stuart Little every week and discuss it in depth. Exactly. And give we'll do this is our now um like essay, verbal essays on Stuart Little too and how it changed the face of modern media. <laughs> All so right. can I also <laughs> say that uh the other thing that's trending is Rude and nasty. Oh, rude and nasty, yes. Yeah. Rude and nasty boy. And so I was like, what's going on here? And good lord. Good lord. What is even happening? This is America. (laughs) Can Have so, I, either one of you been just filled with existential dread recently? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Gotta love that. Gotta oh. w- love waking up with that, your morning's dose of existential dread. Oh, man, that's what I go to sleep with. Both. <laughs> yeah. Constant, always. <laughs> we, can't, we can't sit here all day. We have to end this sometime. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how long it's been, we, but it's probably it, been... It's been a little more than an hour. We'll just slowly <laughs> fade this segment out, so we'll just keep talking, and then we'll just slowly fade out the episode, and that will be how it ends. <laughs> just to really emphasize that dread that everyone feels. Exactly. It'll be, well, eventually, we'll get to a low murmur that you can't hear, but it's like breaking your ears, like ASMR, and it, it just makes you uncomfortable. That's, it's like uh, ASMR, but bad. But bad, just horrible pace. Um, it's like, um, what is it? Um, what Beatles album was it that had? Was it the White album that had like the oh, one no, song? No, no. It was um, oh shoot, that was um, Day in the Life. Um, yeah. Oh, what was that album called? Was it Sergeant Pepper's was Lonely Sergeant Hearts Pepper's? Club Band? Yeah, I think it was Sergeant Pepper's. It's yeah. been a hot minute, yeah. but that's yeah. the art vibe. We're just going to, to to slowly fade out at the end and then call it a good. <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Peppers. Whoever edits this, good luck to that. Achieving that nice, good, good fade effect. Hey, Crackhead Larry, <laughs> get on that. Hey, Larry, if you're listening. I think that's good. Yeah. Okay. 
this has been the complain train a place for us to rant slash talk about tiger king and Stuart little too um if anyone listened thank you for if anyone going- listens we're sorry yeah sorry <laughs> Uh, we're hopefully going to put these out weekly, uh, but depending on the existential dread, it might be bi-monthly. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, if you've listened. Um, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. 